Coming right up, Straight Talk with Art Levine. Our guest tonight, L.A. County Sheriff Jim McDonald, as we continue our 24th anniversary year. Straight Talk is brought to you in part by the Port of Long Beach, a leader in international trade and environmental stewardship. And the Press-Telegram, your local news leader for over 100 years. And Scan Health Plan, for your health and independence. Join us for tonight's edition of Straight Talk. And now your host, Art Levine. Good evening and welcome to Straight Talk. We have a great show for you tonight. I guess for the entire show is L.A. County Sheriff Jim McDonald. Jim, welcome back to our show. Thank you, Art. Thanks for having me on. You bet. Uh, Jim McDonald was sworn in on December 1st, 2014 as the 32nd Sheriff of L.A. County. Jim, you've been in office now for about a year and a half. Uh, what's it like? You know, it's great. It's a, uh, it's a challenge every day in many ways, uh, but we have a great team to be able to work with. We're serving... Uh, you know, a very uh, broad, uh, diverse community spread out over 4,000 square miles, um, working well overall with the community. The goal was to be able to restore public trust in a great department. Uh, we're working very hard at doing that, and I think we've made great inroads in that uh, effort in the last year and a half. Dealing with some issues as far as uh, crime uh, on the rise, after uh, 12 years of uh, significant crime declines, we've seen now in the last year and a half or so, uh, crimes start to go in the other direction, not only here in L.A. County, throughout the state and throughout the nation. So that's a, a challenge for all of us. And realignment uh, helped contribute to that problem and also uh, Prop 47. Absolutely, yeah. You know, and I wouldn't say they were the, the sole factors for it because we've seen it beyond uh, the borders of California. Um, but certainly within California, they've been contributing factors and, and we work hard at dealing with those issues every day. So realignment, uh, which of course was a transfer of uh, prisoners from the state to the counties, and now there's not a lot of room in some of the jails in the county, so mm -hmm. some bad guys get basically out on the street. Yeah, it's constant triage. When you look at on an average day, we have between 16,500 and 18,000 inmates in L.A. County. That's uh, one of the largest jail systems in, in the, America, isn't it's it? The, it's the largest, yeah. The largest. Yeah. Uh, and when you look at the population, uh, Historically, if you went to L.A. County Jail and you were sentenced, you were there for up to a year. Uh, you, if you were pre-trial, awaiting your trial, you could be there for longer than that, depending on the duration of the trial. Uh, in today's environment, that's totally different. We now have hundreds of people who were sentenced for five years or more. We have one person who's sentenced for 42 years. L.A. County Jail was not meant to house people for that length of time. Uh, we also weren't meant to house the mentally ill population that we are housing now and, and working with, uh, and that is a tremendous challenge as well. And then Prop 47, which reduced certain crimes from felonies to misdemeanors, mm -hmm. uh, and I was speaking to our prosecutor, Doug Halbert, about this. Uh, they've lost the leverage to, f to incent uh, violators into drug diversion programs. Yeah and they, it's a revolving door in and out, and uh, yeah. so another uh, more bad guys on the street and not getting the treatment that they should be. Yeah, the tragedy of that, it was, uh, was well-intentioned, designed to help people who are addicted to drugs and alcohol rather than incarcerate them, get them into treatment. We're all supportive of that in concept, uh, but it didn't fund the treatment aspect, yeah. and, uh, and in effect now the, the people are not re who need it are not receiving treatment. 
they're not incarcerated, so they're on the street repeating to, uh, continuing to offend. Let me just step back and ask you, with your vast law enforcement experience, the problem of drugs, is that a medical problem or a criminal problem? It's a medical problem that traditionally society has used criminal sanctions to try and control, uh, and as you can see, fairly unsuccessfully, uh, trying to create disincentives for the use of uh, illicit uh, drug activity. Uh, it, we need to treat the people who are afflicted by uh, drug addiction, by alcohol abuse, um, and we have not done a great job in doing that. And that's one of the issues, as you mentioned, with Prop 47 is where we had the ability before where somebody was either going to do time or they were going to get into treatment, that was that leverage to get them into treatment. Now without the threat of doing time, they're also not opting to go for treatment because by the very nature of the disease, sure. uh, they're not going to be able to do it on their own. When I saw the figure that uh, over half of the prisoners, and correct me if I'm wrong, in federal prison are there for nonviolent drug offenses at a cost of $50,000 a year of incarceration and half a million dollars to build the cell. Uh, you know, that's not an efficient use of... Yeah, you know, I think that's... Um, I don't know for uh, what the uh, stats are for the federal system, to be very, uh, very honest, but I do know that to go to federal prison for a drug offense, it's a, it's, you're distributing drugs. You're, you know, you're a, uh, a trafficker for the most really? part. Yeah, it's, okay. nobody goes to federal prison for, for possession of drugs. Okay. You know. Well, uh, but incarceration is not the answer for drug users, is it? It's not. It's not, a, it's not something that's going to change their behavior over time. You need treatment. That's got to be a, a, an aspect of it. Jailhouse violence, of course, uh, much in the news, and you were on the uh, commission mm -hmm. to investigate it, and uh, they came out with a robust report with 50 or 60 reforms. Mm -hmm. Um, what's the situation today uh, in, in the jails that uh, sheriffs supervise? Yeah, I think you'd find it's markedly different than it was in years past. Uh, we have focused our attention on, on being a best practice organization. Uh, we are working with the Department of Justice and getting, uh, getting to a place where the rest of the nation can look to us to be that place they want to emulate. Uh, where we've got very good people uh, working in our custodies, uh, custody facilities to be able to provide the best environment they can to make it safe for both the inmates and our employees who are in there. And it's a tough environment. And as I mentioned, some of the challenges there is the population that is more violent, uh, more sophisticated, and has really less to lose than ever before. Uh, and then also coupled with the, the inmate population that is suffering from uh, addiction to alcohol or drugs and dealing with mental illness issues uh, and you look when you look at that probably conservatively 25 to 30 percent of our population are dealing with fairly serious mental illness really yeah and I know on an earlier show you talked about the desire to have uh, a program to treat these folks right. and get them out of the jail and put them into uh, a treatment. Mm -hmm. I know that requires a lot of funding. Any luck in getting the funding? You know, we, every chance I get to talk about it, we, uh, I do. And we have a good team. Uh, the County Board of Supervisors is supportive of the move in that direction to get community-based mental health care and treatment uh, made more available to those who need it. Um, right now, it, we've become, by default, the largest mental uh, health institution in America. Really? In the LA County oh Jail God. System. And you're not uh, really equipped to no, give no. psychiatric treatment. No, we have, uh, we have a great partnership with the County Department of Mental Health, but their, their resources obviously are limited. 
Uh, we work closely with them. We do the best job we can with what we have to work with. But that environment is not conducive to uh, somebody being treated uh, successfully for some of the issues that they're dealing with. Now, new recruits to the Sheriff's Department are assigned, as I understand it, jailhouse duty. That's your first tour, as it were, or maybe even your second tour. And first, that creates problems, I guess, in recruiting because a lot of folks don't necessarily want to go into police work to be jailhouse uh, cops, if you will. Right. And, uh, and then you're putting young, relatively inexperienced recruits, or they've gone through the academy and all, but they're, you're putting them into this, this difficult situation. Uh, what's, what's the solution? Yeah, there? we looked at that. Uh, that's one of the things we looked at in the uh, jail commission. Uh, and as we move forward, what we've tried to do in the last year and a half is to be able to give people options that when they come through the academy that they would have the option to go from the academy to uh, an assignment other than custody. Like patrol. Potentially patrol in, uh, in some of the stations would be uh, open to that. Uh, some of the other specialties we have within the Sheriff's Department, uh, the MTA, uh, we police that throughout the, the county as well and beyond. Uh, and then there's other specialties that uh, the community college system, uh, the courts, we have uh, a lot of places that are specialties in policing. There are opportunities there as well to be able to go from the academy to those, but it's based on seniority. So if there are people in the custody environment who are looking to get out, the stations that they seek to go to most frequently are going to be harder for someone to get to from the academy than they would by somebody who's been waiting their turn Can to get you there. give a recruit an assurance that if they pass through the academy, they will not get jail or that's not possible? We're not in a position yet to be able to do that. Down the road, we may well be able to do that, and the hope is that we would. We're looking at a number of different options uh, as far as how we deploy our resources and uh, to be more successful in the future, not only in, in the recruitment issue, which is a critical one for us, not only here in L.A. County but across America. It's very difficult today. Uh, but then also to be uh, as conscious as we can be of how we socialize people into the organization. And before we go to break, let me just ask about the Civilian uh, Police Review Board, which is under consideration at the county level. Yeah. What's your thoughts on that, and, and what's the timing to yeah. get that in place? Yeah, that's been, uh, it's been in the works now for, uh, for about a year and a half. Uh, we're coming to a position now within the next, I'd say, several weeks where we'll be able to uh, get those individuals named, identified, and appointed to the Oversight Commission. Uh, I welcome it. It's an opportunity to have another fel filter, another uh, set of eyes to be able to look at our operations, what we're doing, work through the Inspector General to be able to take a look at the L.A. County Sheriff's Department. Uh, my hope is that if we have deficiencies, uh, we'll be able to work together to remedy those, hopefully be able to get the resources to do that as well, which has been lacking uh, in the past. Um, so I see it as a, a tremendous asset to us. Would you be in favor of giving that review board subpoena power? I don't think there's a need for subpoena power. If you were to talk to the inspector general today, are they getting everything they need to be able to do their job? They are. Uh, and we're very open, we're very transparent with uh, the way we do business. So to be able to move forward with the spirit of cooperation that I think they've seen in the last year and a half, uh, that's a much better way to do it than to be, have to be coerced into providing documents or anything else. Sure. One of the uh, ma major themes uh, nationally and, and locally even uh, is the whole attitude of the country towards uh, police with, with well-publicized incidents and videotapes and in the next segment we'll we'll ask the sheriff uh, his thoughts on 
the mood of the country and how it impacts his men and women. We'll be right back after these messages. At the Port of Long Beach, we're not only delivering jobs, smart ideas, and forward-thinking environmental initiatives. We're also delivering opportunity for all of Southern California. Oh, and a clearer horizon line. To learn more, go to polb.com. The Port of Long Beach, thinking outside the docks. Plus Tire, you'll find we carry Toyo Tires. For over 50 years, Toyo has been a world leader in the development of high-quality tires. Optimum performance, safety, and a comfortable ride. That's what makes Toyo Tires great. And now come into Performance Plus Tire for a great deal on these Toyo Tires. Proxies ST, Open Country AT, and Proxies 4. Toyo Tires, driven to perform. Come in today and we'll install new Toyo Tires on your vehicle while you wait. Performance Plus Tire on Cherry Avenue, one mile north of the 405 in Long Beach. We're back continuing this fascinating discussion with our sheriff, Jim McDonald. Jim, the mood of the country, uh, there seems to be, you know, uh, a feeling that uh, some officers have that they have targets on their back because of some well-publicized alleged abuses, some real abuses. But uh, without, without police and sheriffs, uh, uh, it's that thin blue line that stands between civilization and anarchy. Right. And uh, it's very important. I know you're a, a longtime advocate of community policing. You yeah. did when you were chief here in Long Beach. Uh, you need the cooperation of the public. And, and this attitude is, is disturbing to many of us of, uh, of, of, of anti-police, anti-law enforcement. You know, I, I think any time we're anti-anything, we put ourselves uh, you know, at odds with progress. When you look at the role of the police in American society, it's a critical one that everybody has to be a partner in order for us to be successful. Uh, you look across this country and there's about 900,000 police officers uh, serving a population of 325 million people. That's one-third of one percent of our population is in charge with working full-time to protect everyone else. There's no way we can do that with that number of people without the cooperation and support of the public that we serve. So as we move forward, uh, our goal is to be able to change that dialogue into one of mutual uh, support and collaboration to be as transparent as we can be about what we're doing, what we need, and how we can better work together to make all of our communities safer for everybody. 
it's only by that, uh, that cooperative spirit that we're going to be successful. And you've mentioned on this show and elsewhere many times that, the, uh, say, the police can't be everywhere or sheriffs can't be everywhere, and the community can be the eyes and the ears. They yeah. know the neighborhood better than sure. any police officer would or sheriff would. Mm -hmm. And if you get their cooperation, it's a force multiplier. Absolutely. Absolutely. Really, that's the only way that we can have safe communities. If you rely on a very small part of, uh, of the community to be able to do the things we're asking police in America to do, uh, we're, we're setting ourselves up for failure. So we hope we can change the dialogue across America uh, for, for the, those of us in policing to step up to be the best we can be, to realize that, you know what, nobody ever calls us when they're having a good day. They call us <laughs> when things are, are upside down. So it's important for us to, to keep that in mind, to be able to, to roll out there, be respectful of all parties uh, as much as the situation allows, to be able to bring whatever resolution we can to a situation as peacefully as possible. And when we make a mistake, to own it and fix it. And uh, when we're we're out there doing the job and, and it doesn't turn out the, in the most desirable way to be able to explain why we did what we did. Well, well said. Uh, um, and either you or, or your successor, Chief Luna, mentioned the idea of giving a wave to a police officer or a sheriff's car. Is, is that something you would advocate? And, and people wouldn't think to do that. But. Yeah. You know, it's something you almost don't see police cars because they become part of the fabric of, uh, of the daily, uh, our daily lives. But yeah, if you you know, if you think about it, that's a person in that car with a family at home doing a very difficult job going from call to call, and none of these calls are, are pleasant calls. Um, so to, to be able to take a minute and say, hey, how you doing today, officer? Thank you for your service. That's something that would catch them by surprise in many cases, nice. and, uh, and one where it humanizes the officer, it humanizes the, uh, the public that we serve, and it makes it, it people working with people is what it all comes down to. Exactly, exactly. Finally, uh, body cameras. What's your view on their usefulness or problems? No, I, I think body cameras would be very useful. I think what has been uh, the problem in deployment of body cameras universally is the cost. Uh, we talk about the, the price of the camera. The camera is the cheapest part of the whole equation. The ability then to be able to catalog and retrieve that, uh, that information that's on there, the amount of information that has to be stored on a server or the cloud is expensive. But the biggest part is the personnel that need to be hired. Uh, hired, trained, and certified to be able to provide for discovery for each piece of that video that will be asked for when anybody gets a citation, they're arrested, there's a use of force, there's an investigation. Internally, if there's any kind of an investigation, we have to be able to look at the video. I understand that in communities that have adopted it, uh, citizen complaints have gone down because mm -hmm. when they see the video, they know yeah. no case. Yeah, you know, in, in cases where there were frivolous complaints, uh, it, it lays it out there as to what actually happened, sure. so it's helpful to the officer in the field. Uh, it, it, I think, paints a perspective that we might not otherwise have. It tells part of the story, like any piece of video, you get it from that one perspective. So it's enlightening as to the context of, uh, of the contact, but it doesn't tell the full story. Okay, in the next segment, we want to get up close and personal with the chief. You won't want to miss it. We'll be right back. How do you like your chances the rest of the way? I got no idea. But I do know that if we stay with Naples Rib Company, at least we won't go hungry. Coach, what do you think about some of those questionable calls tonight? Oh, yeah, but if you want a sound call, I'd call Naples Rib Company. You can't miss on that call. Then Naples Rib Company is part of your game plan? There really is nothing 
more motivating than a great barbecue meal at Naples Rib Company. Victory or not, Naples Rib Company, great game plan. Founded in 1976, Polly's Gourmet Coffee is Southern California's most complete gourmet coffee store. Polly's has the best tasting coffee freshly roasted every day right in the store. Plus a wide selection of teas, an in-house bakery, espresso bar, patio dining, and more. We also offer Wi-Fi, free internet access for all of our customers. Our nationwide clientele agree, when it comes to coffee, there's only one name to remember. Polly's, 4606 East 2nd Street, welcoming you into Belmont Shore. Bill Trainees mixes California style with continental cuisine that includes fresh seafood from around the world. Since Bill is the chef, the menu has a wide variety of pastas, salads, soups, and appetizers that feature his unique personal touch. And the Italian-American signature dishes are simply beyond delicious. You never know who you're going to run into at Trainees, from the famous sports legends on the Wall of Fame to local celebrities having a drink at the bar. For the best fine dining experience, visit Bill Trainees. How many times have I told myself? About 112. These internet and phone charges are going through, through the roof. roof. Is it too much to ask for reliable service? At a fair price? There's got to be a better deal out there. With Spectrum Business, you don't pay more, you get more. Faster 60 meg internet, more advanced phone, at a price that can save you $600 a year. Now we're talking. We are? I, me, I, I said I. We're back with Sheriff Jim McDonald. Uh, Sheriff McDonald, uh, human trafficking is a huge problem. It's, a lot of people, including myself, are kind of shocked to find out that L.A. is a hotbed of human trafficking. And right. I know that you and uh, D.A. Jackie Lacey and uh, county supervisors, Doug Halbert in Long Beach, have all been trying to address this problem, right. but just describe the dimensions of it. Yeah, a big part is every chance I get to talk to a, a group of community leaders, I like to talk about it because we need to be aware, the public needs to be aware that this is happening right here in our own backyards. And it's dealing with kids, mostly girls, as young as 10 and 12 years old, which is horrific. Uh, these kids, 70% uh, of them come from the foster care system, so they're kids who've been abused since an early age in many cases, and that continues to occur. They're ver a very vulnerable population. Um, but they're kids from all walks of life as well. You know, they're kids from uh, a home you wouldn't think would have an issue like this. The kid gets on the internet, and the next thing they're meeting someone uh, on the web, and then they're meeting them in person, and the next thing then they're, uh, you know, they're taken advantage of, and, and they're put into a horrific lifestyle. So we stood up November 19th, a, a human trafficking task force. Uh, we, have a, we have a number of uh, the partners, the federal agencies, our, our partners locally, uh, our prosecution partners with the DA's office and the U.S. Attorney's office, the FBI, the ATF, the DEA are all uh, on board with us as to the Department of Children and Family Services, probation, and others, uh, to be able to focus on this, be able to go in and pull as best we can the individual, mostly children, out of this lifestyle, provide wraparound and psychological services for them. We work with the uh, Coalition Against Slavery and Trafficking, a community-based organization who helps provide for the victim. And then we go after the pimps and the traffickers. With, and to the how fold. about the Johns? Why well, should that was we my next step. Yeah, it's okay. a three. It's a three-part approach: the rescue of the uh, of the victim, uh, going after the the pimps and the traffickers, and then going after the demand side, those that are seeking out a young child to violate. We go after them as well, and with to the fullest extent of uh, the law. Well, let's spend a moment getting up close and personal with our guest. I I know from past. Uh, appearances on the show and elsewhere, Jim, 
Jim's folks came over from the old country and he settled in Boston in the, in the projects there and then at the age of 21 or so decided to go to California and seek a career in law enforcement and uh, he was very successful obviously, rose to number two in the LA police, the uh, chief of Long Beach police and now of course elected sheriff for LA County and uh, uh, has two daughters, one graduate of law school, one uh, uh, went to film school at SC, and uh, to me it's a remarkable Only in America story, so uh, yeah. it's very touching to me. Uh, that, thank you, Ed. I'm very proud of him. Uh, uh, but what are your thoughts uh, uh, for the future, year and a half into your reign? Yeah, yeah. No, I, you know, I, I look forward to, uh, to being able to continue what we've started in this past year and a half to be able to work with the men and women of the uh, L.A. County Sheriff's Department to be able to showcase the good work being done every day. Uh, we get a lot of attention for the uh, less than 1% of the situations that go, don't go the way we'd like to see them go, and that becomes the focal point where everybody's uh, storyline then is this is how this organization or this is how this profession works. When we all know, in fact, whether it's doctors, lawyers, uh, pick a profession, uh, there's always things that go wrong. We, don't, we need not only to focus to fix those things, we do that, but also to be able to celebrate the great things that happen every day, Absolutely. the acts of courage and compassion that we see on a daily basis across this county and across the nation. Um, we have honorable people working very hard to protect others, putting themselves between the community and the harm and the danger. Job. And it is a tough job and one that uh, they don't often get uh, thanked enough for doing the job as well as they do. But as we move forward, my hope is that we can shine the spotlight on the good that's being done, uh, own things uh, that go wrong and fix them uh, when that does occur, and to be as open as we can with the public we serve and to work with the public, asking for the public's help where appropriate as well. Well said. We'll be back with the rest of our show after these messages. Trainees mixes California style with continental cuisine that includes fresh seafood from around the world. Since Phil is the chef, the menu has a wide variety of pastas, salads, soups, and appetizers that feature his unique personal touch. And the Italian-American signature dishes are simply beyond delicious. You never know who you're going to run into at Trainees, from the famous sports legends on the Wall of Fame to local celebrities having a drink at the bar. For the best fine dining experience, visit Phil Trainees. There's a world of opportunity available through the College of Continuing and Professional Education at Cal State Long Beach. Would you like to move ahead in the field of human resources and personnel management? Sign up for the Human Resources Management Certificate Program. You'll learn how to expand your knowledge and skills and advance in this dynamic industry. For more information, contact the College of Continuing and Professional Education at Cal State Long Beach. You've been planning this moment for a long time. It couldn't be a more perfect moment. And you have the perfect ring that will tell her, I want to love you forever. But nothing is perfect. Don't listen to that guy. He got the ring at McCarty's. McCarty's yes. makes a moment. 
At Performance Plus Tire, you'll find we carry Toyo tires. For over 50 years, Toyo has been a world leader in the development of high-quality tires. Optimum performance, safety, and a comfortable ride. That's what makes Toyo tires great. And now come into Performance Plus Tire for a great deal on these Toyo tires. Proxies ST, Open Country AT, and Proxies 4. Toyo tires, driven to perform. Come in today and we'll install new Toyo tires on your vehicle while you wait. Performance Plus Tire on Cherry Avenue, one mile north of the 405 in Long Beach. I think L.A. County is very fortunate to have a man of the caliber of Jim McDonald in this very, very important post doing a, a difficult, difficult job. Uh, Jim's parents had certain guidelines that they instilled in him, hard work, integrity, and treating all people with respect, principles that I think have held him well uh, and could hold all of us well in, in our lives. So, Jim, any, any final words you want to say? Well, thank you for that. I appreciate that very much. But uh, I just want to thank you, Art, for 24 years of bringing, putting the spotlight on things going on in our communities. Uh, you've got that microphone that's kind of your standby there and uh, kind of a symbol of what you've been doing. Uh, but we always focus on the guest on the show and really, you know, who is Art Levine? Uh, you know, you do so many other things uh, in your own life. You've been a transportation commissioner, currently a water commissioner, and you're giving back to the community. And then uh, through this vehicle, being able to show the public what their elected representatives, uh, as well as the public servants who, uh, who have the opportunity and the privilege to serve our community, what they're doing and how they're doing it. So thank you for what you're doing. Thanks so much, Jim, yeah. and thank you guys at home for watching. Please join us next week for the next edition of Straight Talk. Good night, everyone. Straight Talk has been brought to you by the Port of Long Beach, the Press-Telegram, and Scan Health Plan. And remember, Straight Talk is viewable 24-7 at straighttalktv.com.